I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So your Tampa Bay Lightning are one win away from playing in the Stanley Cup final against one of the NHL's traditional powerhouses. Wait a minute. The Las Vegas Golden Knights? The expansion team? That's who's waiting for the winner of this Eastern Conference series. We'll get you ready for Game 6 in Washington tonight. The Lightning riding a three-game winning streak, and we're going to hook up with Times columnist Tom Jones in D.C. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Rays, they had a pretty good weekend. They won six in a row, got to 500 for the first time in March, and then they played a sloppy game on Sunday and lost 5-2 to two to the Angels on their way back from the West Coast. We'll tell you why Sergio Romo could be the opening pitcher for every game the rest of the season, or so it seems. Hey, that thing's working, by the way. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Bursnick. Before we get started with the podcast, I want to welcome our sponsor, Continental Wholesale Diamonds. You know summer is nearly here, and that means graduation season. Graduations are a milestone to celebrate a true rite of passage, and whether your grad is completing high school, college, or graduate school, go see our friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds to find that perfect piece to mark the occasion. Are you considering a symbolic ring, maybe a gold or diamond pendant, or perhaps the classic diamond stud earrings? Well, whatever you have in mind, you're going to find the best price at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Remember, you're paying wholesale. And there's no pressure when you come in. Andy's going to sit down. He's going to pour you a nice scotch. He's going to match that perfect gift for your graduate at a price you can't beat. Remember, you're paying wholesale. Don't go to the shopping mall. They got the big overhead, and that means a bigger cost to you. You want to go see my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. It's where I shop, and they're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. That's Continental Wholesale Diamonds. The Tampa Bay Lightning lead their series against Washington in the Eastern Conference Final, three games to two. Game six is in Washington, and that's where we find Tom Jones, the columnist of the Tampa Bay Times. Tom, this team, the Lightning, were down 0-2 in their series. Both losses were at home. Or how surprised are you that they have turned around and won three in a row now? Completely stunned. I mean, John Cooper talking about it the other day, he said, look, it was pretty much they were left for dead. And I, you know, I think all of us can agree that the thing about it was they not only lost those two games, but they looked bad in those two games. If you go, if you go back to the Boston series, they lost game one. And it was, it was a big score. Six to two, I think, was the final in that game one. But when you look back at that game, there were moments I thought they played pretty well. I can't find anything really to cling to in games one or two of this series. So the comeback against Boston, you could sort of see some of it coming. Against Washington, I saw none of it coming. Now, look, let's, let's be real about this. I mean, in game four, Andre Vasilevsky had a huge game. I don't think the Lightning was as bad as maybe um, as we initially thought. I mean, I thought John Cooper did a pretty good job explaining why there were some moments in game four that weren't as bad as it seemed. The second period was awful. But other than that, they played pretty well. But still... If Andre Vasilevsky doesn't stand on his head in the second period of, the, of that game, then you're looking at this game as being down three to two going into the into uh, into game six. But yeah, I'm stunned that the, the Lightning has a chance to wrap this series up tonight in game six. 
So, I mean, I would think after giving up, what, 10 goals in five periods, uh, Andre right. Vasilevsky and, and their team did, that the biggest change you would think maybe has come on defense. I mean, that's that's what they had to improve. And John Cooper, you've written about it, has made some changes, and he made some more changes really in game five. So what effect have those had? Is, has that been sort of what has – not really stop necessarily Alex Ovechkin's line, but certainly change the dynamic of this series? Yeah, absolutely. Because if you go back to game three, they needed a spark, not only sort of to fix things defensively, but fix things offensively too. They had sort of gotten a bit of a rut. They were struggling a little bit there. So, I, you know, give John Cooper credit. It was not easy to break up what was easily their best line uh, with Braden Point and, uh, and Tyler Johnson uh, and um, – I'm drawing a blank on who on who who's on the on the uh, on the other wing there, but uh, to to move Andre Pilat, and then he took Andre Pilat, moves it up to the first line, takes J T Miller off the first line. I mean, that I, I think essentially was done to improve defense on that first line with Stamkos and and Kucherov sometimes who can be a little bit leaky defensively. That has made all the difference in the world. The other big thing was. He had the Braden point line in the last series going up against Boston's big line with Pasternak and Bergeron and Marshawn. And then he started off this series by putting those guys on the Ovechkin line. Realized pretty early that wasn't working. And so he decided to switch things up. He, he shuffled the lines. But the one line he never shuffled was what you would call a fourth line, although it's certainly not playing like a fourth line in this series with Cedric Paquette and Ryan Callahan and Chris Kunitz. Mm-hmm. He's put those guys on Ovechkin. And those guys have done a really good job. Now, look, Ovechkin's going to still make an impact in a game. But, you know, last night or in, uh, in, game, uh, in game five, he scores the one goal. Uh, it came on a six-on-five. It was almost like essentially a power play at that point. But through the first two periods, held without a shot. And not only that, but those guys scored two goals. You know, Callahan had a goal and Cedric Paquet with a huge goal 19 seconds into the game. So, yeah, I mean, give John Cooper a lot of credit for shuffling the line, John. But it clearly the, the whole idea was to get better defensively and interestingly enough, it's created some archives for him, too. Well, it did. And we can talk about uh, guys like Kunitz, who, who's you know got his name on a Stanley Cup, what, four times already. That's right, um, yeah. But to, to, to me, Callahan has been – I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss Vasilevsky maybe being the most valuable player in these three games. But, I mean, Callahan, for setting the tone for that line and for and the providing offense that they didn't expect from him, this is a guy, Tom, that that people weren't sure what his future was going to be this year after re-injuring his shoulder. You know what? And it's a great point, Rick. I, look, I was way down on Ryan Callahan about midway through this season, and it really goes back to the contract that he signed. He signed a really big contract. I think he's making like $5.5 million a year. And I thought at the time, man, that's a lot of money for a guy who's not going to put up big-time goals. He's not, he's not a 25-goal scorer. He's not even a 20-goal scorer at this point in his career. And I felt at the time the Lightning made the move almost to save face. Look, they traded Marty St. Louis, and they tried to look good out of that trade, and they traded for Ryan Kelly, and it was a good deal at the time. But in order to make it continue to be a good deal, they were going to have to sign Ryan Kelly. There were some suitors, and a lot of teams wanted him, and they were going to have to, I thought, overpay for him. And they did overpay for him, in my opinion. And I thought it was a contract that was going to sort of hang around their, their necks like an anvil. And midway through the season, he'd hurt his shoulder, and then he hurt it again. And he plays such a reckless style that you're thinking, man, are you just going to get your money's work out of this guy? Because if any other way he plays, he's not Ryan Callahan. He has to play this type of style. And throughout these playoffs, 
he has been incredible, blocking shots, being a leader, being making big plays at big times. Uh, I think he's leading the team in hits during the uh, during the playoffs. And he was even asked about it after game five, like, how do, how do you do this physically? And he said, look, it's the only way I know how to play. But you're exactly right about this, Rick. When you start going through the list of guys who've done – and, look, they've had a lot of contributions here. You know, Braden Point's had a terrific playoff. And Steven Stamkos has contributed. And, and Nikita Kucherov has had moments. And, of course, we've seen Kalorn score some key goals here and there. Um, and Victor Hedman is really – I mean, the first few you – know, maybe the first, first round and a half, he was just okay – He's really stepped up, and he's become that elite defenseman that we're all used to seeing. But, boy, when you're listing guys, Ryan Callahan is right up there. He's making as big a contribution as anybody so far. Well, the Lightning finally win a game at home. That's the first home win in this series. So, I mean, how much is, is home ice worth at this point uh, when you get this far into the, into the playoffs? And is Washington's history now going to kind of work against them because I'm sure their fans were certain with the 2-0 lead and coming home – but then, you know, they lose two. They got to be saying, well, here we go again with the Caps, right? You can see, yeah, absolutely. And you could sense it. In, during, uh, there were moments in game four. And, I, and I, the first time I really noticed was at the end of the first period of game four. The Lightning had lost the first two games, Washington, and they had just come off the win against Pittsburgh, and they had all this confidence. And then they came to Tampa, and they won two games in Tampa. And then game three starts off, they score a goal there. And, and you just think at that point, there they go. And then the Lightning takes a two-to-one lead at the end of the, uh, the first period. And the Caps had a few power plays. I think they had three power plays to sort of close out the first period and did nothing with them. And all of a sudden, the Bluebirds come out. And you could almost sense, it was almost palpable inside the, the Capital One Arena that, oh, no, we're going we're gonna to choke this thing away. It's what we do. We're the Capitals. That's, you know, that's what they do. They, they, <laughs> they blow playoffs here. You know? And so you get that sense. I think it's going to be a really tense building coming up yeah. in game six, I think there's, there's sort of going to be this moment, this feeling of dread, like, Oh no, can we possibly, you know, we, they, they slayed the dragon. They, it's, they beat the penguins. It's almost like if the United States Olympic team in 1980, they beat the Russians and then they'd lost to Finland in the next game. It, it, you know, you don't expect that. Um, but I fully expect the caps are going to have, uh, have a big start. If the lightning can do anything early, like get the first right. goal or get through the first period and it's nothing, nothing, sort of survive whatever um, whatever rush that or whatever push that the Capitals have early in that game. I think the longer that game goes and the closer it is, the more you're, you're going to sort of sense that nervous energy in the building. And and I, I I still think this might get to a game seven. I think I expect the Capitals to play really well in game six. But And then and you talked about home ice advantage, Rick. I think that's where really that's where it comes into play is game seven. So you want to be able to play game seven at home, but obviously the first uh, four games of the series home ice meant nothing, but I, I, it might make an impact if it happens to get to a game seven. Tom, I thought that uh, Andre Vasilevsky stole game four for them and, you know, with his 36 saves and then to some degree he had to stand up really tall for him at the end of this last game, uh, or, or I think if that game goes another 20 seconds, maybe they tie it up. It just, just <laughs> felt that way. That, yeah, I was absolutely waiting for them to tie that game. Yeah, yeah and so what, what has really been the difference? I mean, I know they're playing better around him, but he seems like he has taken over this series. Is that is that possible? Well, look, Rick, I don't know that there is an explanation for why all of a sudden he became a better goalie. He certainly struggled in the, in the first two games. I thought there were a couple of leaked goals. I think it's just a confidence thing. I think you, you let in a goal and then you let in another one, and all of a sudden you start to doubt yourself a little bit. And the same thing works the opposite, that 
you make a couple of big saves and you start to stand on your head a little bit and all of a sudden that carries over and then you get in the other team's head and they start making the trying to make the perfect play and the perfect shot. Um, yes, they are playing better around him, but I think at the same time he's got a confidence now that that he had early this season. You know, he, he certainly went through some slumps during the course of the year and I think a lot of it was fatigue. I think a lot of it was not only just physical fatigue but mental fatigue. Uh, but he's locked in now. He, he's zoned in, and um, and I, as much as, as he can get into the heads of Capitals, I think right now he's just feeling it himself. He's got confidence himself that he can stop anything. And I'm sure you know you hear the the old cliche, but the, I'm sure the puck looks like a beach ball to him right now. That's what that's what goalies are in his own say. So, you know, can he keep it going for? Uh, another game or two. Um, certainly, the, the Lightning are hoping so. But um, but yeah, I agree with you. It, it, really, that second period in Game Four was the one that I think, if you look back, that was that was mm. the big difference. For sure, he's been terrific. You wrote a column in the Tampa Bay Times. I'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit, but it, let me know if I'm kind of on your wavelength here. I think yeah. you said essentially that um, you know, in a seven game series. Uh, this is sort of what happens that there comes there comes a turning point or there comes a point where you realize that the best team is going to win. Um, I don't know that's exactly how you said it, but kind of expand. I mean, is this what we're seeing? The Lightning have been over the course of a season, and I know this is the postseason, but they have proven to be one of the best teams, if not the best team, you know, in the NHL. Certainly in the in their division and in their conference. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, are we just seeing that the depth, the experience? the playmaking, um, the goaltending, all of it just playing out over the course of seven games, even though, like I said, they lost the first two, so it was a pretty dark place. But uh, is that what we're seeing, that this, the Lightning's just better than the Capitals? I think so. And I always thought this, like, the best of seven was the perfect number, whether you're talking mm-hmm. about baseball, whether you're talking about basketball. I, I thought seven games is enough that, that most of the time, I'm not going to say there's never going to be upsets, but I think most sure. of the time – you know, obviously, the longer a series is, the, the more uh, chance you have of the better team coming out on top. That's why the old, like years ago, the NHL used to go best of three in the first mm. round, and the NBA even went to a best of five for a while, and they decided to take that away just because um, the, the shorter the series, the greater the chance there is for an upset. And I think if we look at this Lightning team, you're right, Rick. You know, it, I think as, as this series has gone along, the better team has been the Lightning, and I think. They are the better team. I think they, they've proven over the course of the season that they've been better than the Washington Capitals, and they're they're starting to prove that in the series. Now, look, I I'm I'm surprised that it's hard to beat any team four in a row, and and I'll be mm-hmm. I'll be a little as much as surprised as I was that the Lightning fell down 2-0, and then as much as surprised I, that I was that they came back from that to to go up three two. I think I'd be surprised if they swept you know swept the last four games of the series. I wouldn't be surprised if Washington wins game six. But if you know, you're asking me who the better team is here, I do think the Tampa Bay Lightning are the better team and, and uh the seven game series I think they're gonna end up proving that. Does the fact that they have a game seven back at their place matter at all to how they approach this game or will they try to end this just as quickly as they can? I think you try to end it as quickly as you can. I mean certainly it's um there's greater pressure obviously on the Washington Capitals. Now some might say that 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 makes the Capitals a more desperate team, which makes them a sure. better team in that situation. But look, if you look, if I'm the Tampa Bay Lightning, you're telling me I got two games to win one, and the last mm-hmm. one's going to be back at my building. I think I would go in this game completely relaxed and completely um, confident that I was going to win this series. Now, 
we've seen in the past where the Tampa Bay Lightning, the last time they had a 3-2 lead in a series um, in an Eastern Conference final was just two years ago to the Penguins. They lost game six. Now, that one was at home. They lost game six right. at home and then went on the road and uh, and lost game seven as well. This is a little bit different. But, um, yeah. you know, and, and the same thing, you know, a few years ago, now they, they played the the, uh, the Rangers and same thing. They were, you know, six and seven. They lost game six at home and, or lost game six. Yeah, lost game six at home and then went on the road and won game seven. So, um, you know, when you look at the lighting in this particular situation, I like if you're them, you like the idea that you're going to have a game seven at home. But I, look, game seven, you know how it works, Rick. Anything can happen. Um, yeah. You know, I remember a few years ago they played Detroit in the first round. This was the year they went to the Cup. They should have lost that game. They won one nothing, but that's because Ben Bishop was just absolutely incredible that night. Uh, you don't want to get to a game seven. You know, you want to end it as soon as you can. All right, so uh, we'll we'll uh, end this on this. The, the winner of this series gets the Las Vegas Golden Knights, and on this day <laughs> in history, the Knights. Well, wait a minute, they didn't have a history. How weird is this? They're twelve and three. Did you see that tweet? Did you see that yeah, tweet? Yeah, it was the awesome. Day? Like somebody about this day in Vegas history. Like I don't it know, was awesome. probably having meetings or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yet. this is the greatest expansion story in the history of pro sports. I mean, that's undeniable. And for whatever rules that they that advantaged uh you know las vegas for whatever they paid for their their franchise look they don't they weren't picking from the bottom of every barrel um they've got a really good goaltender and in, in yeah. uh, mark andrew flurry so i mean it, this is but but to come together in one year uh and the way that building is and just the whole the way they've cruised through these playoffs i mean this is this is really we're really watching something here that's never been done before Something I think it was Richard Deitch, who used to work for Sports Illustrated, now works for the Athletic. He said if the if the Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup, it'll be one of the five greatest sports stories of his lifetime. And I started, you know, at first when I read that, you know, you always think like, oh, that's that's a bunch of hyperbole. But then, like, I mean, consider that. Can imagine you were Ron Rick if, if the nineteen seventy six Bucks had won the Super Bowl, oh, God. you know, yeah. or the ninety eight Rays had won the World Series. Like, it, it is incredible. Now. Look, I, I'm as shocked as anybody. I said before the season, and it's actually in the Tampa Bay Times, I said there are some people predicting that the Vegas Golden Knights will be pretty decent. I'm telling you right now, they're going to be awful. And <laughs> I didn't see this coming. I, and I don't know, like there was some, there's some joking around some, some of the guys I know around the NHL uh, media who are saying like the over-under on next year is going to be like 60 points for Vegas. Like they might have their expansion year next year. But Here's the thing, Rick. You look at the they lost three playoff games. Three in three rounds. That's stunning. That's incredible. They're they're blowing through people. And they're beating good teams. That Winnipeg Jets team they just beat is a really good team. I, there were there was a few moments there where I thought the Jets might be the best team in the NHL. So for them to do what they did is just remarkable. And um and and two things come to mind. One, I mean it's Las Vegas, so you start to think this thing must be fixed. Like somebody's you know, somebody's fixing something here. But the other thing is Yeah, I they play in Las that. Vegas. That's that's the thing. What an advantage that teams that came there with a day off, they all lost. <laughs> well that's too and I also feel bad for the Seattle. Seattle's gonna get an expansion team. And I guarantee you they're gonna get the worst expansion team in the history of expansion teams. There's <laughs> no NHL teams that'll let another expansion team come in and win the Stanley Cup. But it's it's been remarkable. And I give a lot of credit, actually, to Dave Poyle, their general manager. I think he really worked the expansion draft well. Not only – I mean, he was really sharp in that 
yeah, he drafted well. I mean, I, I get it that the expansion rules were set up in such a way that, that teams lost players that they maybe didn't lose back in the days when the Tampa Bay Lightning was an expansion team. But Dave Poyle, the GM of Vegas, sort of sort of jumped on that, and he realized there were certain teams that didn't want to lose certain players, so he made side deals with teams and ended up picking up some really good players out of it. And, um, and yeah, a lot of things went their way. They, you know, they didn't have to deal with a ton of injuries, which usually tests any young team because you don't have a whole lot of depth. But, I, I mean, I'm stunned that they're, they are where they are. Gerard Gallant, former Tampa Bay Lightning player, he was, on, he was actually on the second year of the Tampa Bay Lightning, so he knows what it's like to be on an ex, uh, sort of an expansion team. He's done a great job with Vegas. And, man, I mean, I'm not – I think the whole that's that's going to be the other weird thing. If the Lightning gets to the finals, like nobody's going to want the Lightning to win. Like everybody in the country is going to be rooting for Vegas to win. It's going to be sort of odd to see a Lightning team that sort of has been up and coming all these years here, the last you know three or four years since Stamkos really started to come into his prime, and and no one's going to be rooting for them. They're going to they're going to be wearing the the, black, the dark hat in that series. Next time we talk to you from the road, it might be from Las Vegas. So is it blackjack or roulette <laughs> wheel for you? Uh, yeah, uh, the, the poker. I'm not a poker guy. So. A poker guy. All right. He's Tom Jones. Hey, Tom, uh, we appreciate the time. You can read him in Tampa Bay Times or TampaBay.com. you got a long, long evening, so good luck to you, and uh, we'll see what happens in Game 6. All right. Thanks a lot, Rick. Appreciate it. So, Steve, I, I get the feeling that the Lightning has too much momentum now for Washington to really reverse it. And I don't know who's going to win tonight, but um, with Game 7 in Tampa, Tom's right. Anything can happen. You, you don't want to get to a Game 7. Uh, but if you're going to have it, I think that's where home ice might make a difference. Uh, having said all that, man, a couple things. Uh, first of all, what's been fun to watch is how this community – has just gone nuts. Have you seen the TV ratings that they had for for the Tampa Bay? I think they had like a, a 17 share. rating. A 12.0 rating it? for Saturday night's game. That's, that's different than share, but a 12.0 rating okay. is a monster number. Um, the highest yeah. rated non-Stanley Cup final hockey game in Tampa Bay ever. We were out. It was my wife's anniversary, and they started the game, I think, uh, on Saturday around 7 or 7.10, somewhere in there. So I was going to miss part of it, and I was – Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I was taping it. I figured, well, maybe, I, you know, because the place we went didn't have any TVs. So I, I was, like, totally capable of, of uh, maybe not hearing the score. Um, but then we drove down Howard, and, you know, they got these giant, you know, street-side bars. And my wife having a glance, she goes, oh, I think you'll be happy. And I'm like, why? I go, I, I, you know, I don't care if they win or lose, but I, I don't tell me the score. And she goes, well, they're up three to nothing. I'm like, oh, okay, so they're up three to nothing. So then we turn it on. Well, then our, our neighbors, uh, uh, Frank and Sarah, they're having, uh, we have these huge block parties. I mean, you know, they they have their own sort of, it's a gathering spot. We call it La Bar and Grill, but it's basically just their home. And, and they have, so it was, I mean, the party's going on. Saturday night around this community, and of course the biggest watch parties, of course that you're familiar with, that you do. Um, but this this whole this whole town in this area has really um, gotten lightning fever, and it's cool to see. You know, I mean, here they are 
on the doorstep of playing for uh, you know a, a championship. There's only been two world championships, you know, in Tampa Bay sports history. The Lightning have won in 04. The Bucks won the Super Bowl in 02. Of course, the Rays went to the World Series in 08, but didn't win it. So these things are far and few between. And I think that um, I really get the sense now that the the Lightning fever it's starting to feel like it did a little bit in 04, where people people that aren't even normally hockey fans, but everybody sort of lives and dies with these games because you really do get you know that that feeling if, as you watch these games, you see the tension build that every shift, every possession. Um, it's very stressful. The thing that's funny when I talk to people that uh, don't follow hockey a lot, but they've gotten into it a lot in the postseason, and even certainly the diehard fans, they all say the same thing. It's like, I can't take this anymore. I can't take it anymore. It's so stressful. Um, and it is. It just shows how hard it is to win the championship. Well, and there's not, not many goals scored in hockey, so that makes it even more right. stressful because they know every goal matters and impacts it. And, you know, I, I, you mentioned earlier about momentum. And you think they may have too much to lose this series, but momentum really doesn't carry over from game to game. I mean, you've said that. I know you weren't sure what was going to happen in Game Five, and they came out and scored 19 seconds in, and that completely yeah. brought momentum to their side. It wasn't because they'd won the previous two games; it was because right. the, the fourth line and Callahan made a great pass, Paquette with a great shot. Um, you mm-hmm. know, they they grabbed momentum, and and Washington almost yeah. looked shell shocked at that point. Like, oh no, you know, and and I I know their fans are that way. I mean, you know, as Tom mentioned. You know, that arena at the end of game four was, oh. Know, oh, here we go again. And you know that, you know, going into game six, the Lightning get another quick goal in game six. That crowd, uh, the team, the Capitals may not think that or feel that. I mean, they're hockey players. They're Everybody play, in the building will, though. But yeah. the building will. Mm-hmm. The building will be going, oh, no, here it is. You know, they they don't want to yeah. lose it on their ice. And and this this series, no matter how it ends, I mean, whether it's six or seven games, it's you know, I I think it could go seven uh, just as easily. Um, but it's really been a close series. Like I said, it's, some of the games, I mean, game four that the Lightning won, I thought was you know mostly on Vasilevsky and just how outstanding he was. He he sort of stole that game. I felt like the Caps outplayed the Lightning overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree, and, especially that second and, period. But I think if you look at the overall run of the game, they probably did outplay them. Yeah, and I mean the Lightning got the quick got the quick goals, you know, the other night and on Saturday, but there were long stretches and I know, you know, when you're sitting on a three goal lead and then a two goal lead and then, you know, you're you're gonna play a little defensive. Um, but certainly Washington made it really tough on them to get out of there alive. I mean, I, I like I told Tom, I felt like if there had been twenty more seconds, the Caps were gonna tie that game up, you know. Um, but but they didn't, and it's a well, credit it's two to straight Vasilevsky. games now. They've scored a goal with the extra attacker after they pulled their goalie. That's right. You know, so no lead is safe late. Nope, nope, and that's why the two goal lead is so precarious. Because if they get within one, and then you know you're going to have uh, an extra skater coming on, um, it's it's every game ends the same. You know, it's uh, it's the guy getting peppered with shots and people trying to block, and you know, just uh, just chaos there at the end and. Um, that's that's the beauty of playoff hockey, but boy, it's been fun to watch, and it and it does it does seem like the Lightning. I don't know, you know, whether they're that much more talented. They may not be because, like I said, this this the series could have gone either way already. Um, but it does it does seem like they're sort of, I don't know, sort of have this feeling like you know this is our time. You know what I mean? Like think of it this way, and and, and I'm gonna you know assume that they win tonight for the sake of this argument. But if the Lightning were to go on and win game six, mm-hmm. so the Lightning 
pretty much hands down in the Eastern Conference all year was considered the best team. That's correct. So in the second round, they play Boston, who finished two points behind them and made a heck of a run the second half of the year to get that close. And then in the, the, the third round, or the, the Eastern Conference final, you're playing Washington, who won the, uh, the Metropolitan Division and was the mm-hmm. best team there. And, and Pittsburgh would be the other team. But I think you can safely say the Lightning, Boston, Washington, and Pittsburgh were the four best teams in the East this year. Yes, absolutely. If they win game six against Washington mm-hmm. in their last two series, once they figured the other team out, Boston after game one, Washington after game two, they swept them. That's true. That'll be four straight in two straight series. Once that, you know, wow, maybe you have to true. figure out what they're throwing at you. But mm-hmm. if, if that happens, and I, you know, I'm presuming at this point, but that's yeah, a heck yeah. of a job by the coaches, the players, yep. Yep. Uh, you know, the whole organization of, okay, maybe we needed a game or two to figure out what was going on. And, you know, in, in the Washington series, they looked awful the first two games. I mean, the, the, as Tom mentioned, too, the Boston series, they lost that game one, but you never felt like, wow. The, you they know, were outclassed. Even yeah. though it was a big score, you never felt like it was, a, you know, you lose games sometimes in hockey. Sometimes you play better and lose. That happens. Yeah. But if they, if they basically take four straight from Boston and Washington, you know, after you lose a game or two first, that, that's impressive. Yeah, no, it really is. And and you know, whoever whoever wins this series is going to get Las Vegas, which is has been the story in hockey if not in all of sport. I mean, an expansion team making it to the Stanley Cup final and doing it with such relative ease with a 12 and 3 record in the playoffs is just just incredible. Um and that that building is alive out there. Like I said, there's a lot of ties, um a lot of people in the front office uh, that do marketing and do different things. It used to be with the Tampa Bay Bucks, so there's a lot of crossover with that organization, and uh, it'll be really interesting to see those two teams go at it because of the, the atmospheres that they both create. So I like the tweet uh, I saw today that the Las Vegas Golden Knights have more Stanley Cup appearances than the Cleveland Browns had wins last year. He's picking on the Browns, man. That's so wrong. I grew up in Ohio. Is, I, I was a Bengals fan growing up, so I always pick yeah, I on know. the Browns. <laughs> you don't live in Cleveland, as Sam Weiss exactly. would say. Yeah. Well, the Browns are the hard knocks team, by the way. Yes, they Which, are. Uh, That's going to be interesting. And speaking of eh, hard knocks, eh, we'll talk about Jameis Winston. Congratulations to the Bucks quarterback, by the way. He is, uh got engaged over the weekend. Yes, you see this? He yes, he did. He posted something on Twitter of him getting on a knee and uh, proposing to uh, Breon Allen, his, his uh, fiance. Any and true to the rumor, he went to Continental Wholesale Diamonds for the ring. <laughs> you know what? If he didn't, then shame on him because I know he's a big listener of this podcast. And by gosh, he should have gone and seen whatever he paid for that ring. He could have saved money at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. My friend Andy would have hooked him up. So, uh, but whether he, you know, she's going to have a baby. So now you're going to have to have a gift for that to give your your wife, Jameis. So make sure you go see your friend Andy, and he'll give you the best deal. But no, um, it was a, it was a big weekend for him. I believe he proposed on the same day. There was a, another wedding somewhere across. Can't quite remember who it was. Uh, yeah, Prince Harry and Meghan. I wasn't up there. They that got early. married. No? Well, actually, actually, I was. I was at a t-ball game for my son, so I was up. Oh, okay. Well, we turned it on. They exchanged vows, I want to say, around 8 a.m. or something. It wasn't too god-awful early, but, boy, that was a long – that was a lot of a hubbub going on over there. That was quite the quite the scene. Watched a little bit of that. So, yeah, Jameis, uh, Jameis maybe tapping into that romantic mood um, proposed to his uh, to his longtime girlfriend. They've known each other, been, been together, really, um, since their days uh, in Alabama. And um, – so that was neat to see. 
So we got uh, lots of Buck stuff this week we'll be talking about as well as they get into uh, some of their OTAs and, and more of the full squad um, off-season workouts to get going. Meanwhile, we mentioned the Rays. I'll tell you what, um, they got there. They got back to 500. It didn't last long, maybe 24 hours, or actually less than 24 hours because they had an afternoon game. But, um, you know, Saturday uh, they, they, you know, beat the, uh, the Angels, and, and they did it in, a, uh, in kind of a unique way. The Rays have this thing where they're trying to reinvent baseball. We saw them do it once, and it was a big factor of why they made it to the World Series in 2008, you know, with all the shifts and the – the, all the analytics and things that they threw at uh, other teams and, and managed to parlay that into a World Series appearance. Well, now uh, they're doing it on the pitching side. And, I mean, I don't know if this is going to work, Steve, but the analytics that you can bet they're going to get a good look at this. They had Sergio Romo start uh, or be the opening pitcher. I guess we can call him the starting pitcher. Now they call him the opening pitcher, both on Saturday and Sunday, back-to-back. And on Saturday he struck out the side. Um, and turned it over to Ryan Yarbrough, and they they won that game. They had a good big grand slam from Daniel Robertson in that one. And then he started again on Sunday. And so, I mean, if you look at it, and the analytics talk about the number of runs that are scored in the first inning compared to the rest of the game, um, the matchups, if you have a, a predominantly right-handed lineup that might struggle with a particular guy in the bullpen like Romo, it doesn't it kind of makes sense a little bit to me. I'm starting to understand it somewhat. Well, a few things, like today. So they start Romo for an inning. So the Angels set their lineup, but they could have come in with Andres, a right-hander, or Bonda, the left-hander. So how do you set your lineup, knowing that Romo's only going to pitch an inning or two? True. How do you set your for a right-hander or for a left-hander? It can cost a good the point. other one. The other part is, and, and this is some of the analytics the Rays have used in the last few years, is particularly – your third, fourth, fifth starters. They don't like to see them go through the lineup a third time. The analytics That's are really right. bad, especially with the big guys who are at the top of the order. So right. if you start an opener for an inning, then mm-hmm. your starter is going to start with pitcher five, six, seven, or you know, batter, maybe four. Middle of the order down, you know, yeah. Depending on what happens in the first. Where right. maybe they get two and a half times through the order before you take them out before they face the big guys at the top for the third time. That's some That's of the thinking behind it. Now, or yeah, or by the time they see them the third time, you're deep into the game. Yeah, you well, know, yeah, you're, you're a little, yeah, inning. you're a little deeper into the game because you know mm-hmm. the, because the second time you're facing them is in the fifth or sixth inning, right? Or the seventh, so you're in the sixth, of, seventh, of sixth or seventh. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. I think in cer- some situations it can work. Uh, ultimately, mo- as most of these things are, it depends on how it's executed by the players. Ultimately, mm-hmm. um, you know, Sergio Romo Saturday. Struck out the side, and, and interesting stat, I heard Andy Freed relay from Ray's PR, the first pitcher ever in Major League Baseball to start a game and strike out every batter he faced. That can't be right. Well, most starters go five, six innings. You don't strike out 15 Because you only face three batters. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, that's, a, now, that's the trick question. But, but okay. it's, it, I you guess know, it could have been I faced two batters and got an injury and struck them both out. I mean, to say it, I mean, it, yeah, it, that typically it's not like you there's a lot of instances game. it might have happened, but it's never happened before. Yeah. It's just kind of a, a cool stat. I mean, it's not, it doesn't it's mean anything. Thing, yeah. and it's because he only pitched three innings or three batters, faced three batters. Three batters, so batters that, yeah. That's why it happened. Right. Um, but just kind of an interesting stat you never think of and, and and there's probably not a lot of instances that even came close because most starters go a lot longer or if you're going really short you gave up a ton of hits or home exactly. runs or you know 
you weren't you maybe didn't get a lot of outs, but you weren't you didn't you know you gave up a lot of hits. Right, right. Well, I can see them look. And the one thing that Kevin Cash said after the game because they you know he said, look, we're not. Um, Let's not pretend that that this is all that that we've we've achieved something here, you know, with the, with the restarting Romo two days in a row. One thing he said is, having seen it, that if you're going to do this, it's better to have a starting a regular starter in between those two appearances because you're kind of you know you're going in saying we're going to tax our bullpen one day, and then to do it back to back, now you've got to make some choices down there that are a little little difficult. So the way the way they would probably go forward with it is to you know, in between uh, maybe pitching a guy in one inning to start the game, maybe have, you know, one of their normal starters, whether it was, you know, Chris Archer or mm-hmm. Snell or one of those guys in between, and then that way you're, you're not, you know, you're, you, hopefully they go deep and you're not taxing your bullpen as much. Um, I thought it was really, I tell you, I got a chance to uh, to sit down and watch um, Shohei Otani, this Japanese phenom who's like freaking Babe Ruth, man. Uh, have you seen this guy? I mean, he's got like six or seven home runs already. He's hit balls 420 feet, and and he throws, you know, 98 when he wants it. Um, and he was effective as a pitcher against the Rays. They didn't do much with him at all. He no, goes they did not. into the eighth inning, um, gave up only a couple of runs. And he was shaky early, too, and didn't give up a lot. He was. I mean, he, did, this, yeah. he didn't have his best stuff to start the game. By the end of no. his performance, I think he did, but. He settled down and and still, you know, you could tell by the swings that you know he was he was pretty effective. I mean, those guys were going back to the dugout and uh, not exactly sure, you know, how to how to master him. But man, the guy's four and one now. Um, he's he's going to be an all star. I think that's pretty obvious. And and we'll see if this, you know, if this becomes more of a norm. I mean, the Rays have a guy in their minor leagues, obviously, that they took first overall. That is is. Brendan McKay, who was just promoted in their minors to the next level up. Yeah, pitch and play play first base and hit. Um, but Shohei's a real deal, man. He's a real deal. He's impressive, kid. And uh, well, there's a reason a all 30 teams tried to sign him. I know. I know. I mean, when I first heard about him, it was like on 60 Minutes or something. You know, mm-hmm. it was like this crazy story about could this guy do this in the majors? And you think, well, no, you can't do that because, you know, you got – hit or pitch i mean that you know it's so difficult to succeed at one how could you do both and then the time involved with that and you know, what about the rest between starts and all those things but he he's on a unique making... pitching pattern he only pitches on sundays right. he's not going every fifth day like a starter they're mm-hmm. pitching him every sunday and then he bats the other games and he takes a game or, or a game or two off during the week mm-hmm. um, from batting and he's only playing dh you know, Brendan McKay in the Rays system is doing it a little differently because he's playing first base. Playing first, yeah. As well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Sh- Shohei is very impressive. Impressive talent. It really was. So good for the Rays. They're, they're now one game uh, below well, 500. And, and but they, kudos they to the back. Rays. I mean, before that six-game win streak, remember, they got beat 17-1 to last Sunday in Baltimore. That's true, yeah. And then they went out once. And not only did they win six straight, but until the fourth inning today of the seventh game, they never trailed at the end of an inning. That's incredible. They That's led incredible the whole time. They, there was only nine innings that they had a tie at the end of the inning at 0-0. They were scoring early in a lot of these games and often in Kansas City and then in Anaheim. I mean, they, they played really well this week. They got some injuries. They've got guys stepping in. Johnny Field has done a great job. He had a home run. There's a lot of guys that had good series. 
a lot of people had family, you know, there as well. Um, and Daniel so Robertson was, became the fourth Ray, I believe, to hit a Grand Slam in his home state. And I don't remember. Yeah, I know yeah. Matt Joyce in Florida was one of them. I don't remember the other two. Did you see the smile so, on Daniel Robertson's face as he rounded the bases? After no, it was funny. One? He was laughing. He said, oh. he goes, I, I don't remember running the bases. And I, all I can remember is thinking, this is like, this is like storybook. Like, Dave, this is crazy. Dave Wills in his call of the home run even mentioned he had a smile as big as anything you've ever seen on his face rounding the bases. He, <laughs> he was did. Just, he was ecstatic. Yeah. It was pretty funny. So, um, yeah, good for him, man. They, I tell you, they, I, I like – I think I've said it before. I like the the group. I mean, it's like these guys – this is this is their deal, man. They're trying to make it in the big leagues, and even with the few guys they've had that have been injured, uh, Gomez has been out now for a while. Um, you know, you've had guys in and out of the lineup like Matt Duffy, so it's been um, it's been good to see they've they've managed to hang in there, and they're in third place in the American League East. They're still nine games behind the Yankees in Boston, who are tied on uh, going into Sunday's games, but um, but they're only you know, I think there they're... are four games out of the wild card at the second wild yeah. card at this point. Um, a yeah. game below 500, right. they're, they're right in it. I give them credit, man. I really do, because it's hard to dig out of a hole like that. You're 3-12 and 12 or 4-15. and 15. I don't care what league you're playing. You could be playing in the mm-hmm. you know Northwest Pony League or whatever. It doesn't matter. That's a long, dark hole. Uh, they've they've impressed there. me, and, and we, were, we were at the Rays had a watch party today at uh, Urban Comfort in St. Pete, and some of the fans there were talking about you know, I can't believe this team is doing what they're doing. And, you know, I, I related back. I never thought they could hit as much as they could. They are. Never right. thought. I mean, you go back to our early podcast at the beginning of the season. I never thought they could string hits t- together the way they have. It's been impressive. They've, uh, you know, I was wrong about it to this point. Yeah. And we still got a long, long way to go. I mean, um, it's hard to, you know, exactly know how it's going to pan out altogether. But I'm pretty surprised that they've been able to do what they've done. But 45 and, and games is a good sample size. It is pretty good, yeah. No, I agree. Not bad. I mean, you're st- you're still a long way from first place, but like you said, wild card is still a possibility. And and you're doing hey, this without you Kevin Kiermaier the whole time too. Your best defensive well, player, yeah. and one of your, the guys you were relying on on offense. Could he's that been, actually be helping? Could season. that be? Could that be helping them right now? <laughs> I don't know if it's Just helping saying. them. I don't know if it's helping them, but the, you know, I, I would say they haven't missed them too much. Yeah. Maybe some Until defensively. The, defensively, the Malik's you know. effect takes place <laughs> once in a while in center field, right? Every once in a while, it's in there. Yeah, sort of <laughs> does. But uh, other than that, look, I, I, I'm glad they're going well. I mean, if you're a, uh, if you're, a, if you're a Tampa Bay fan, you had a pretty good week, all, all things considered. You watched the, uh, the Lightning come back, and they've won three in a row. And this could be a big game tonight um, in Game Six. I don't know what's going to happen, but if they manage to win four straight and, and get this series and Onto the Stanley Cup. I mean, I would think they would be favored. The one good thing against Las Vegas, they'll have home ice, so that'll certainly be nice for them if they were to go to seven games. And I think it's gonna be wild, man. That's two great atmospheres. So we'll see what happens. Hey, we appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. We're here every Monday through uh, Friday, and again, you know, throughout the week, we'll have, of course, uh, breaking down and recapping Game Six in Washington tomorrow. We'll do that. Um, we're also going to have some opportunities to talk some bucks this week as well. They have OTAs continuing on uh, throughout the week, and so we'll, we'll get into some of that. A lot of good sound and interviews with George Warhop, their offensive line coach. Um, just a lot coming coming to you here uh, over the next week. So we'd love for you to interact with us. You can do that on Twitter. You can reach us at SportsDayTB, at SportsDayTB. You can reach me at NFL Stroud, or my email is rstroud 
at tampabay.com. Love for you guys to rate and review this podcast, and you can get it almost anywhere, right, Steve? Anywhere you get your podcast, just do a search for Sports Day Tampa Bay. It's available on iTunes, on Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or any other third-party apps you get. Or if you're not sure, go to tampabay.com slash sports. The latest episodes are always posted there, too. Enjoy Game 6. Maybe by this time tomorrow, we'll have a team in the Stanley Cup playoffs from Tampa Bay. Wouldn't that be something? Or Stanley Cup Final. They're in the playoffs for the Stanley Cup Final. And they're just one game away. One win away, but you got to win four. So we'll see what happens. First, Steve Versnick. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.